All right. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Keep Making Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Keith Lackner. Uh, we're actually in Keith's shop. We're down in Dwight, Illinois. Dwight, I almost, Illinois. I yeah. almost forgot where we were for a brief second because it's been kind of a long day. Yeah. We've yeah. been here all day uh, casting uh, a really unique piece. He's been doing some experiments. If you can see this on camera, um, there's different bowls up here that he's casted turned, polished, and then re-bent yes, after yes. heating it up. So Keith is a, um, he's not a, uh, a craftsman. He's actually an artist. So yep. he's been doing this, uh, you've been a wood turner for 20 years? 10 years. 10 years, sorry. But I've been a wood worker for 20 years. There it is, so sorry, I'm, I had it backwards. Yeah, I made that change. Um, I still do some flat work. I have some clients around town, you know, that want something mm -hmm. uh, from me and, um, so yeah, I, I still do some flat work. Um, I'm pretty picky about the flat work I do though. Right. It's, if, it's, if it's something that like intrigues me a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, or it's challenging and you know, oh, that'd be really cool. Or, right. you know, hey, I get right. to sculpt or I get to, you know, I did a, uh, a bar for uh, friends of ours in Coal City and I used uh, Illumilite uh, Amazing Clear for the top. Nice. And, um, his, I believe it was his father passed away and left him all these old coins. Oh, and did you encase them? I encased them all there the way go. around. There you go. And That's then, what it's there for. Yeah, we had an idea of uh, what to do with, we had so many that was left over. And I said, well, you know, what about a medallion in the center out of the coins? So she sat down and she came to me about a week later and she had it um, kind of all drawn out. And she has this really cool medallion. And I sat there with a Forstner bit and drilled every hole for every oh different size. I had it all figured out what size. And we've got all these coins that wrapped all the way around it. And then uh, I carved the edge to make this three inch thick slab look like it was a piece of marble rock all the nice. way around it. So I carved Very it nice. all the way around. Then I went in and torched it, the edge of it. And then I did the full it, uh, cast on top of it. That's so fun. Yeah, and it turned, but see, stuff like that I love doing. And I yeah, also that's always a do stuff very like unique. That application that's not you're not just <coughs> building a workbench no 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 yeah, yeah. yeah it's like somebody didn't say hey how about a spice rack you know you're like i'm good <laughs> yeah grab a couple two by fours you know no i would i would turn that down it's right. not you know for me um yeah i've made shuffleboard tables and you know um a friend of mine uh scotty that comes over and helps me out from time to time uh he's got a uh, we made a uh, murphy uh bookcase oh really yes so it's got a magnet and set up, so it's a bookcase, and you just walk right behind the bookcase, you slide it out, and there's a hidden room in the back. There you go. Yeah, I'm not telling you where he lives, though. Nice. Yeah, yeah. He, we actually just did that so he could hide all the cables from his TVs and everything, so it's got a very uh, good, clean look to that's it. Cool. So, that's yeah, cool. That's cool. It's not really deep back there, but yeah, we did so we could hide everything. But yeah, stuff like that. I, I, cool. I definitely love the challenge of building things, um, especially things that like nobody's done before. Right. You know, that's what really, really challenges me. Nice. For those of you that um, uh, are listening, I'm gonna go ahead and ask Keith some more questions when it comes to his time here and what he what he's been up to over the last seven years in his journey yeah. with resin and wood and um, his journey as an artist. But also, I, I'm really curious about your relationship in general with um, specifically Illumilite Clear Slow because sure. from what you are the person, uh, like we've talked about a few times now, that just jumped in head first and tested the product beyond its limits from the jump. Yeah. So um, one, 
how is the the Illuminite Clear Slow stacked up against, say, other things? So I'm sure you're a tester. Obviously, we yeah. just talked about it from like carbide tips perspective. Yeah. You <clears> test <throat> things out there to see what's out, and like, because Illuminite Clear Slow isn't a cheap product. No, it's not. And uh, a lot of people, uh, when we tell recommend that over, say, like Amazing Clearcast for their application yeah. that they're doing, they're like, "Well, are you just trying to charge us more or something yeah. like that?" And the reality is. It really is for certain applications. It and is, it, and it is a we would would put it up against any other product on the market, right? For certain applications, yes. Especially when you you look at the work that Keith is doing, like clearly it is the right product. Yes, for what, absolutely. What's out there. But I'm really curious about from like a problem solution standpoint, um, what has Illuminite Clear helped you with or not helped you with? Yep. So Illuminite Clear, it's the biggest thing is it is 100% clear. Um, when it dries, it is like a piece of glass and I could color it and I could buff that thing up to the highest gloss that I personally want. And that's the big thing for me. That was the, the number one selling point for me was, <coughs> sorry, how well of a, of a shine that thing, we could buff that thing up to, I mean, just a mirror. And that was probably the number one thing and how easy it turned for me. Um, I've turned polyesters and I've turned um epoxies and everything and just to be honest with you i mean i don't like it it's just it's one of the big things is i've told people is i'm i'm pretty much a, a nose sensitive kind of guy mm -hmm. um smells bother me they mm -hmm. bother me so bad um like polyester uh resins I and mean, they have a, oh, they have an odor hardcore odor. Oh, oh my god yeah. yes so yeah I'm, I'm not i'm not down with that i'm not down with um you know, turning and just smelling that the entire time. Um, a lot of pen blanks that are out there. Um, if I get a customer that calls me and, you know, just wants a pen really quick, you know, I admit sometimes it's just quicker for me to go to the woodcraft and just get a blank because I don't have that color and I don't want to wait a week to get a, a certain blue tone or a certain orange or red or yellow, mm -hmm. you know, so let's go get a pen blank from That's woodcraft. Fine, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same. That's when I start smelling. It's like, oh, there it is. Because it's polyester. There's yes. a lot of polyester ones. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, there it is. There's the smell. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so I'm just, I'm not, I'm not keen with that. Um, I, I love the fact that I could keep Illumilite Clear Slow in the shop. Um, lid open, no problem. Mixed it. We mixed it the entire time. We did a couple of batches in here. And uh, my shop doesn't smell at all. Right. Yeah. Turning it, absolutely no problem whatsoever. Right. And it turns great. When you get in there and that bowl gouger or your cutter gets in there and all of a sudden you get it just right and you see that little ribbon fly. Mm -hmm. Just it's, it's almost like, you know, a golfer that just hits that perfect swing and you just sit back and just watch that ball fly through the air. It's like, yeah, there yeah. I am. That's awesome. Yeah, that's I mean, where I'm at. I, I personally have actually not turned anything on the lathe yet. Jordan has done it a couple of times. I've yeah. been jealous because I'm holding a camera. Oh yeah, it's, it's very clear that he's experiencing some joy. Yes, when you the do. ribbon starts to fly, and then later he's like, "You have no idea how satisfying that it is. is. It really is. It's almost like you uh, you go into like a meditation state of you know turning, and that's and people ask, well, why haven't you released more videos? We want to see videos. We want to see more of you, Keith. Um, that's one of the problems is that when I start, you're zoning out. I am. I'm totally zoned out. You guys have no idea how many videos I have on my, on my cards that the camera drifted <laughs> and you just did not know, did not, yeah. did not know. I hit that record button and I go and it's like, and I have a hard time with people in the shop to help me get into that zone because they'll move or they'll mm. shift. And I see it out of the corner of my eye and I stop and I look over at them. 
you know, there's certain things where, you know, I love to just turn the music on and actually kind of get lost mm -hmm. and just turn. It's a great stress relief for me. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's difficult and people don't understand that when you actually, when we make those videos to actually do it right for every, what they say for every one minute, it takes 10 minutes of oh, yeah. editing. Oh yeah. The editing is, is insane. It, it just, it really is. Um, I, I actually had the opportunity to film a uh, promo video for Powermatic two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. They were in my shop and it was absolutely great, but I didn't accomplish anything. Right. On a turning standpoint, I, I didn't make a hollow form, I didn't make a vase, I didn't make a platter. We were in here all day and it was five takes of plugging in the outlet switch, mm -hmm. taking it out, plugging it in again, taking it out, take, plugging it in again. Um, Turning, I got a really good ribbon. Okay, now do that again. Okay, back up, go ahead, do it again. Okay, now stop, do it again. Okay, now go, mm -hmm, and it's like, mm -hmm. you yeah, know, it's yeah, yeah. a lot of the things, and there's a lot of people out there that have some great videos out there, and I always wanna make sure that my work stands up to the video. So I don't wanna put out a cheap video of my cell phone there, you can hear the fan in the background, and you know, the dog next door barking or, you know, whatever. I, I want to put out a really high, high end video for everybody so they can really see every aspect of me turning and then polishing and then the finished product and everything. And there's just a couple things that I found is, you know, it literally, the first video that I put out um, is my pinecone lidded box. And that thing took four weeks. It takes a long time. Yes to make sure that I had every single cut that I wanted. And then when I got done, I had 12 hours of videos to go through. It was so painful. And then I had the voiceovers that I had to do. And then I had to find music to put on it as well. So, you know, people weren't just listening to turning at a high speed, that little ring, 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 ring. You know, I, to me, I don't want that. I don't, right. you know, so it was just, to get nine hours down to 40 minutes was just, that took me a few more weeks of just sitting at the computer and then watching it over and over and over and over again. I, I, I'll tell you right now, I, I bet you I haven't watched that video in three years since I posted and I don't want to ever watch it again. Yep. So you're getting into the, pro, like the part of the process that sometimes um, people don't find as much joy in. It's a lot of, it's very clear that you get lost in your work yes. in the shop. Yes. Um, and I, we even sometimes experience this with our own, like Jordan, who's our maker and educator yeah. that we work with every day. Like our job is to put these videos out with a ton of, for a lot of people yes. every single day. But like even him who like, this is very, his job. Yeah. At certain mm -hmm. times he's like, I would just like to make this thing without a camera in my face. Yes. Just because I, I like just doing this. Yes. And I don't want something to distract me. So yes. I, I play on both sides of that camp because I think, it, you, there's a way if if you found the process like you get lost in the process of making mm -hmm. at a lathe. Yep. Um, our editor gets lost in the editing process yes, as he's yes. making a video. And that's and fine. Like, he could do that. He could do that. He, right. he could do that everybody, all day long. Everybody's different when it yes. comes to the things that they get lost in. And, yes. And sometimes um, it's like yeah. for because uh, I had somebody filming for me when I did uh, some of the shots. Um, yeah. It, it's. Uh, it gets very challenging sometimes trying to make some of these cuts because you have to put the camera directly in front where you can't even see anything. You're going by feel 
And it's like, oh, please, God, do not screw up right now because I can't see anything right now. <laughs> right. Just the last thing you want to do is you're like, you get that cut. It's going good. It's going good. It's going good. And then it's like, the last thing you want to do is get a catch or get it too aggressive and it mm -hmm. grab it or mm -hmm. twist it or, you know, right. because you can't see it. It's all feel right. at that point. And that's right. when it's like, to me, that's like, okay, I know maybe I'm just a little bit better than I thought I was mm -hmm. because I just did an entire cut without even looking the entire time with a camera and a bright light in the side of my face. Yeah. And, and I did it. Your so. muscle memory at this point has got to be pretty dialed in. Yeah. Yeah. That was something that was uh, in, uh, instilled in me very early by Mike Mahoney. Um, Mike Mahoney just kept telling me, he goes, it's all muscle memory. He's like, you know, it's, you're going to turn these pieces over and over and over and over again. Sooner or later, you're not even going to think about it. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it actually is coming. It's like, I don't even think about it. It's that's just, so cool. I know the cut. I don't even look at my cutter. I don't look down. I'm just looking, I'm actually looking at the top silhouette of the piece when I'm turning it. So really? Yeah, absolutely. You don't look at, you're not looking down at your cutter, making eye contact at your cutter. You're looking further on past. It's almost like driving a car. You're not looking at the end of your hood to see where you're at on the line. You're looking, you're down, looking, the street. You're looking down the street. Oh, okay. And it's going to be a lot more fluid. I've never heard it put that way. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool. That's very yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. So what, what other parts of the process do you get lost in outside of the turning? Uh, do you ever find, like, in other parts of the shop, like activities in the shop that you get that lost, or is it just when you're standing at the lake? Um, no, actually, a lot of my finishing. When I'm finishing and buffing, um, that's, in my opinion, what people cut short on. Okay. Um, I've seen pieces that look absolutely phenomenal in galleries and it shows and then I start getting closer to it and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. You Come on guy. Yeah. yeah, it's like they spent all their time turning and then when it gets to the finish, it's like they just said, nah, I'm good. And for me, um, I was like I said, I always bring up his name. I was trained by David Marks and his finishes are just on a whole different level. And he taught me early on, um, spend more time finishing than you do turning. Really? Yes, that's a fact. More time finishing than Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. We did some finishing today. You yeah. saw. Oh, it's incredible. You saw how quick I turned it. Mm hmm But did you see how long it was equally as long, if not a little bit longer, finishing? Yeah, because so um, similar to your three Ps, which I'll ask you about. Yes, again, yes, yes. Uh, you're, you t for, first you sanded, but you never jumped. Uh, like a crazy amount of grits. You no. started really like 80? Yeah, I started at 80 on that one. You used to go to 80 and then you were like 120, 120, 220, 120, 180, 220, 300, 400, 600, 800. And then I hit it with uh, steel wool. Yep. And then after the steel wool, then I broke out the oil and I oil sanded it. And that was just for the wood part. That's just for the wood. Well, the wood well, and the right. resin. You're sanding the wood and the resin, yeah. but then the oil was is for the wood. Only solely for the wood. Yep. 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 And then you added uh, another buffing. Uh, that was the Yorkshire grit that I took out. And I, the, the Yorkshire grit was specifically for the resin at that point. So yeah, I mean like- And then I buffed it yeah. when it was done. Then I took out the buffing wheel and buffed it. Yes. On the lathe. So this Absolutely. entire process, like, I mean, I saw you turn it. The turning took maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah there were, like maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. And the, the rest of it was- much maybe a half hour yeah absolutely that's why i tell people it's and a lot of people will like look at my colors and they're like your colors are off the hook they're insane well they might have the same colors they just might not be finishing that's, at all that's exactly correct i spend more time finishing and making those colors really pop 
then, and that's that's where I get my my joy at the end is when I hit it with that oil. And and I showed you guys, I oh, stopped yes. and made sure all you guys saw that where I yeah. put the oil on, and you just saw it just come alive it's at that so point. Cool. And then same thing with the, the buffing. When we got done, we buffed it, we set it back, and we looked at it, and it's actually right here. You got it right behind me. Yeah. So yeah, this is the piece that, you know, we were, we were playing around with. It's a platter. I'm, I'm a big fan of turning platters. So yeah, we turned platters, and yeah. Cool, so will you turn this down? After I will, yeah. I will. So, uh, what I'm gonna do, my next step is I'm gonna turn it, put it inside the jaw, expand my jaw. Okay. So I'm gonna clamp it that way, and then I'm gonna turn the inside of it. That's so cool. Yeah, maybe tomorrow. That's, I mean, it honestly is a really cool piece. I've, yeah. uh, watching this process was really awesome. And also, my favorite thing is just how smooth the connections yeah. are. So, for those of you that can't see anything because you're listening to the podcast, it's a, a, a blue, it's a, is this Australian burl? No, this is big leaf maple. So, people ask, uh, I, I don't know anything burl? about burl. Oh, my God, by far. It's, <laughs> it's big leaf maple. I absolutely love it. And um, here's, here's a, the most important thing to me is... If you notice my work, it's a lot of maple and a lot of buckeye. Okay. Uh, mesquite and um, some walnut as well. But I don't go out and try things or do large casts on wood that I don't know and I'm not familiar with. Okay. It finishes different. It moves different. These are things that I know and I'm comfortable with. Mm -hmm. um, if you look at a lot of artisans out there, wood, uh, bowl guys especially, you notice that they use the same timber every single time. Because they know it. They know it. Absolutely. Got There's going to be really no surprises to them. I know the best way to finish big leaf maple. I know the best way to finish, you know, some of these woods. I mean, I really do. I know how they're going to react. Um, and plus, too, I mean, guys out there, be careful. When you start using these exotics that are out there, make sure you're not allergic to them. You may not even know until you oh, wow. actually go to turn them. Absolutely. 20% of the population is allergic to Coca-Bola. And you don't know until you're around it for the first time. Wow. Yeah, so take a little bit wow. of the dust, rub it on your forearm, wait about 20 minutes. If you start to see some discoloration or you start to see it rash up a little bit, do not, under any circumstance, turn it. Yeah, you're going to have a problem. <coughs> you're, yes. I mean, you're just aspirating. It's just getting in the air. Right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Your, your body's going to react to it. Um, I know I don't have any issues. Now, I will admit, walnut, I do make sure that I've got just everything running full blast. I've got the mask on and everything. Um, I do have a small issue with walnut, but it's nothing to, to make me stop turning it. Um, red cedar does bother me. I can't turn red cedar. Um, just the aroma cedar. Uh, there's no way. Really? Yes. Okay. So, so yeah, you got to make sure that... I didn't that... even know that people could be allergic to different kinds of wood. Oh, my God. I mean, people could be allergic to anything, though, so that's, that's yeah. quite clear. Yeah, so. there's a guy that... Uh, a really good wood turner I know um, in the UK, and um, he's actually allergic to all wood dust. Yeah. How does he? What? Yeah, and he. I think it's phenomenal. Mark Baker, hats off to you, guy. I know you're allergic to it. He runs the. Uh, <laughs> does he just have everything like wood turning magazine dust away? Yeah, like, no, he's got. He wears a full uh, 3M mask and everything that circulates the air inside for him and everything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow. absolutely. Way to go, man. Uh, yeah, maybe, yeah. Stick to something you love. Yeah, he when he told us that in a demo that I went to watch, I, my mouth just dropped. I'm like, you're a wood turner and you're allergic to dust. Yes, it's like you, you're hardcore, man. Yeah. You are hardcore. hardcore, absolutely. So uh, can you talk about the three Ps? I think this is something that is very my, useful. Me, my golden rule. Yeah, your the golden three, rule. The three golden rule. I yeah. actually did a demo and they're like, you should call it the three Ps, not the three golden, the, the three golden rules. Um, 
So, but but they all start with P. That's why we're joking around about calling it the three P's. It's uh, it's the golden rules of uh, casting with uh, urethane resins. Okay, so the very first one is uh, preparation. Okay. Um, <clears throat> these are the things that actually are the most important thing going into it before you even start turning in anything else is you've got to, uh, your preparation has to be spot on. And what I mean by that is make sure that when we get the wood, whatever you're going to cast on, or it doesn't even have to be wood. It could be, um, God, uh, pine cones are big. I, I cast a lot of pine cones. But like people that are like casting any kind of wood, I mean like even yeah. wasted wood is yeah, absolutely really big right now. So you absolutely. still have to prepare even wasted wood. Yes, absolutely. Um, anything that holds moisture, you got to get that moisture out of there. Um, for for start off, uh, burls. I turn burls one hundred percent. I mean I absolutely love burls. I just love the um, all the irregular edges on them. Um, I just God, I just love. Um, you, you really don't know what you're going to get into until you start turning it. And then all of a sudden, the burl comes alive. Just like resin. Resin will come alive as you oh, get sure. into it. So you got to make sure that you get all the bark. Um, if it's a buckeye, there's a really good chance that you're going to have dirt that's um, up in there. Um, make sure you get it all out. Clean it. Wire brush it. Um, air compressor it off. Uh, you definitely cannot ever cast over bark. That's, that's a big thing. Um, because the, the resin is going to adhere to the bark. And not to the burl. And not to the burl. And over time, what's going to happen? The, burls, the bark's going to se always separate from the burl. Mm -hmm. And then you've got a big gap. And it's, you've got a failure right there. Yep. So make sure that your wood is completely prepped. Um, then you've got to get it in the oven. You've got to get that moisture out. Be careful when you buy woods out there where they say that the, it's either dry or it's green. And somebody says, hey, it's dry. Completely different meaning when you're talking about... Um, wood that's ready for say to make a table or to make a bowl somebody says it's dry it's perfectly fine for that that's right around 12 percent um make sure that your wood is as close to zero as possible i mean especially for resin absolutely yeah, yeah, absolutely so you put it in the oven at 220 degrees uh water uh boils at 212 degrees so we're going up to 220 degrees at 220 degrees um you're going to start pulling that moisture out um, unfortunately, I can't tell you how long to keep that wood in there. Um, it's another trial and error thing. It, well, it Definitely is. It's all thing. wood releases its moisture at different rates. You put it in the oven, it's, it could be at 15%, it could be at 17%, it could be at 9%. I mean, your starting point is never going to be the same. Mm -hmm. So you got to make sure that you get it in the oven, you get all that moisture drawn out of there. Um, yeah, so a good rule of thumb is I've got a, a heat... Uh, moisture meter, so I plug it in. Uh, most standard moisture meters, they, they actually don't read under 5%. You'll get like an error code on there or really? you'll get bars across okay. it, yeah. So once I get that on there, um, I know I'm good and I'll, I'll actually put it back in the oven. I'll leave it in there for about two more hours. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, make sure, just to guarantee I got all Have that moisture Have you ever started the fire? Um, one time, and it wasn't me that did it. <clears throat> I, uh, I had a person reach out to me years ago um, asking me because he was telling me about how he was getting uh, foaming is what I call it. So if you do a cast and you see like it looks like a little foam line that connects to the yeah, wood, that means that's moisture. the moisture. Yeah, that is moisture. a sure sign that you have moisture. Um, so he was telling me about it and I said, you know, make sure you put it in at 220 degrees. That was it. That was the, e that was the message back to him. Um, I made a very, very big mistake. I didn't ask where he was from. 
the next oh, day. No. He called me every name under the book and one word that I have never even heard before. Oh, and actually, no. I had to get online and see what that word was. And when I found out that it was a common slang in the UK, Jeez. that's when it hit me. I oh, went no. to his Facebook page and I did a little Facebook stalking and uh, he was from the UK. So he put it at 220 degrees Celsius. No. Yes, yes. He almost burned his house down. He did. So I reached out to him and I, and I apologized. I'm like, man, I'm so sorry. I did not see that you were in the UK. I did the conversion. I go, at Celsius, this is what you're supposed to be at. Um, he made charcoal really fast. Yeah. Yep. 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 That makes sense. Yep. Yeah. So that's really the only catastrophic, uh, issue I've ever had with, uh, an oven. I've heard of people, um, that burn their toaster ovens down. Um, that's stabilizing though. That's not drying their wood. Right. Right. And that a lot of that is just, uh, people don't, uh, they don't have good housekeeping skills, I think at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, so basically the, uh, cactus juice, uh, whatever resin I use cactus juice. Um, is it bleeds out and it drips and it was dripping on the heating elements. Oh, so they don't right. have a pan underneath to catch it or anything. That's not good. No, not at all. So when I stabilize, I actually put uh, the little aluminum foil turkey pans that I think yeah. you pay like a dollar for. Yeah, I'll put the piece in there and then I'll put it in the oven. Okay. Yeah, so sense. all the residual that bleeds out actually just goes in the pan so it never goes into the uh, elements of the oven. That's smart. So the yeah. only reason why I ask is because, we, I mean, we. <clears throat> At Illuminate, we really are trying to educate everybody yeah. as, like, to these processes because we obviously want you to be as successful with our products Absolutely. as possible, but it does take some practice. It does. It does. And uh, so please don't put the piece in the microwave. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is a technique that you could use to dry wood in your microwave. You yeah. can, but you have to be on the defrost cycle. So your microwave is actually cycling on, cycling off, cycling on, cycling off. I've had people that have been, and I've seen horror stories of it. Um, people put a piece of wood in for like 20 minutes oh. in the microwave and it just bursts into flames. And it's actually pretty cool. I've seen videos <laughs> of it. It is very cool because you can't put it out because it's internally inside burning the wood. Oh my gosh. So yeah, because the way the oven is working, uh, the microwave is working, it's actually cooking the wood on the inside out. So all of a sudden you start seeing it and yeah, you just got to take it and throw it in the yard and just be done with it. That's wild. Yes, yeah. yes. So, all right, that's, so that's, that's, the all the, that's all the first P. Yes. Well, so we got two more. Yes, we do. We have what I like to call is the product one next. So know your product. And then like we talked about earlier is that, so if you take um, Alumilite Clear Slow and then you take the Alumilite Amazing Cast. Mm -hmm. the, the it's cast. An, yeah. yeah, the Quick Cast. It's, it's an epoxy. So a lot of people get confused where they just go and say, hey, I, I got it. I got the, the stuff. I got the resin or the epoxy. That's just a big blanket uh, statement of title for so many different products that are out there. Yep. So yep. know your product. Know that Alumilite Clear Slow is by weight, not by, by volume. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a big one. Make sure that we're weighing it out. Um, I always recommend a, uh, a kitchen scale that measures in gram weight. So that way, when you're doing, uh, whether it's a large pour or a small pour, if you're one, two, three grams off, that's really not a big deal. It's really not, especially when you're doing a, you know, 1200 gram pour. Mm -hmm. And we did one earlier today. It was uh, yeah. 1201 and the other one was 1200. You're gonna be okay. <laughs> oh gosh, yes, yes, absolutely. But if you're doing a 100 gram pour and you're 99 grams and you're 100 grams, 
you're fine. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing it, weighing it in say ounces or you're weighing it in pounds or you're weighing it, however you're weighing it a larger scale, it's not gonna actually tip that needle to show you that you're one, two or three units off. It's really right. not. Right. So it will actually throw your blend off. So if you're having issues out there with your product, you, you put in the pressure pot, you get it out and it's still tacky or it's not setting at that point. Probably mixed it or didn't pour it right. Yeah. Didn't pour it right, your ratios were off. Yep or you didn't mix it properly. So I know like one of the early urban legends of uh, casting was you have to be very soft with it and you have to treat it like a souffle and you know, just slowly with a, with a whisk without interrupting or putting a single bubble in it. I'll tell you right now, I use a power mixer on the end of my drill. <laughs> you, also, you also have the, pre the proper pressure yes. pots that you are immediately yes. going into. Yes, yes. So the next one of the uh, of the uh, product is make sure we're thoroughly mixing it, people. Mm -hmm. um, the great thing I tell people about Alumalite Clear Slow is believe it or not, if you know what to look for, it tells you when it's done. Oh yeah. Yeah, so when you pour, and it doesn't matter which one you pour in first, whether it's the A or the B, you pour one in and then you pour the other one in. One thing to remember that's very important is the second that, so if you start with the B, you put say a thousand grams of A in, the second that B touches, timer starts. Mm -hmm. That's it, it's not when you're done measuring and then you set it down. The second you touch. The second the two touch, it starts that chain reaction. That's so true. Yep, and um, so when you're done, right when you mix it, you'll see it almost, it almost looks slimy. It's really cloudy, it's like a, I don't know. It's like streaks almost. Yes, yeah, streaks through the whole thing. So then when you hit it with your power mixer, you'll see it within about five seconds come right back to completely clear again. That's when you know. Alumalite Clear Slow actually tells you by its, its, uh, its clarity that when it's thoroughly mixed, it goes right back to a complete clear product. It's true. Yep. It's very true. Yep, and then uh, another part of product is, this is a big one. Um, I, I'm not just trying to, um, you know, plug your product here. Um, we do appreciate it though. Yeah, I'm sure you guys do. <laughs> um, one of the things that I, I don't understand, for me personally, is that you guys, you guys sell a resin. You mm -hmm. sell epoxy. Yeah. You also sell pigments. We do. You sell mica powders. Yep. Why would you not want to use the mica powders and the pigments that you guys designed for your pe for casting? Right. Okay. From day one, I firmly believe that a company does their best to make sure that their products work the best within themselves. Absolutely. Yes. And, and that's, that's why there's a family of products. Yes, absolutely. I have used, everyone asks me my colors. How'd you get your colors? It's all Lumalite colors that are on the webpage. Um, mica powders, um, dyes. If there's a, um, you know, I, I like Kelly Green. You guys don't offer a Kelly Green. So it's a 10 to one for me. Mm -hmm. It's 10 drops of your yellow one drop of your you um, ocean blue. I have the green that I love. Mm -hmm. And you know, play around with it. Just don't say, oh, I'm going to Michael's and I'm gonna go grab this green because I like this green. And well, guess what? It may react to the aluminum It might be water-based. Absolutely, that happens. bad news bears. Yes, yes. I've had that one where people come back and send me pictures. It looks like a uh, can of spray foam exploded inside their pressure pot. And just turned out they were using water-based uh, dyes and pigments because they liked the, the tone of it. So, right, right. <coughs> yeah. Plus you did. And then the last one is uh, pressure. 
Alumilite clear slow. You need to put it in a pressure pot. It, it's <clears throat> you, you. There are if you're really, really, really good at slowly mixing something, you yep. can avoid a pressure pot. But I'm I'm talking like the likelihood that you have that much patience. I don't know that many people that have that much patience. Yeah, it's no, just not worth it. We just get a pressure pot. Yeah, get a pressure absolutely. Pot. Get a pressure pot. Uh, put it in a pressure pot. So. Um, everyone always asks, well, what pressure are you at? Well, it's very simple. Oops. It's, um, I cast everything at 80. 80 pounds for me is the sweet spot, but it's very important for you guys to know the limitations of your pressure pot. Right. Like resins and epoxies, they're not all the same. Manufacturers have completely different um, specs on their yep. pressure pots. Yep. A Harbor Freight that you're gonna pay 60 bucks for 70 bucks for guess what it only has a 60 pound max rating to it right you're not going to be able to go if you're a jewelry maker and you're making little medallions perfect, perfect. absolutely perfect. perfect i highly recommend one for you yeah. um for the longest time we had to make our own pressure pots my two pressure pots that i have here they're they're 100 made by me yep you know they're painter pots that i converted over um chicago or california air actually now has a turnkey pressure pot that yep. I think is absolutely great. It's actually my first pot that I have right there that I converted over. Well, now they actually sell it. They sell it as yeah, a pressure Yeah, they sell it pot. as yeah. a pressure pot now, yep. so that's great. It is good. Yeah. yeah, so make sure you get it in. Make sure you get it in in enough time. That's the important thing is. Before the open time is done. Yes, it. Um, we're talking 12 minutes, okay? Today, because we were talking and I was explaining and I was screwing around a little bit laughing and we were at 10 minutes mm -hmm. and you saw just exactly how much time we had. I mean, we literally were stopping and joking and, and having a good time mm -hmm. while we were casting. It wasn't just me here in my shop by myself. I'm usually about four minutes getting in that thing in the, in the pressure pot, mm -hmm. five minutes at the most um, for two reasons. One, I cast big pieces. Right. I wanna make sure that that downward pressure that's coming down on my piece is being able to get those bubbles that are nine, 10, 12 inches below the surface, okay? I gotta make sure I give it enough time in that pressure right. pot to do that. Right, right. Um, I tell people if you're mixing your resin and you're falling behind and you start to feel, you'll feel it, the resin starts to get warm. It'll it's, activate. It activates. It's active. That's exactly what it's doing. Don't pour it. Don't put it on the wood because there's a there's probably a 90% chance you, you'll fail. You'll have bubbles. And not only are you out the resin, now you're out the wood that you just bought yeah. and spend all that time to prep and to stabilize yeah. and everything. So, so yeah. And, and there are differences. I mean, we have the Alumilite Clear. Yes. And then we have the Alumilite Clear Slow. Yes. And, the, and then there's also Alumilite Water Clear, which is, you could use, but it's we wouldn't recommend it for wood applications. Yes. But, the, the water clear and the clear slow have 12 minute or longer open times yes. depending on your environment. Yes. The clear is only seven minutes. And yes. we have had people be like, I got the clear and I didn't have time to get in. And it was like, well, the clear kicks off way faster yes. Yes. than the uh, clear slow does. Yes. So, and I've been asked that. They're like, well, why do you, why do you, th why would you ever have uh, clear versus clear slow? Mm -hmm. Why don't you ever? Why, why would you? You know, some have people both? don't. Some people don't need that extra time. They're just like I'm mixing and we're good to go. Or they're casting smaller parts. And that's exactly yeah. what I tell people is that it's not even so much it's production people that are turning 
pen blanks. They yep. need the turnaround faster. They need it to go off faster. They need to be able to demold faster to get the next batch in on the pressure yep. pot and go. I'm not yep. a production person. Right. You know, I, I can't, we can't mass produce these pieces. These no. are one off, one of a kind. So I would never in my shop have that just right. for the simple right. fact that I don't make, you know, 20 pen blanks at once and then get it out and hurry up five minutes later, I'm, I'm turning around again Absolutely. where I've got to do it. So, Absolutely. yeah. And speaking of pressure pots, I mean, like if you are doing just a pen blank, we, I mean, he, he's pressurizing things at 80 because he's got the capability. Yes, absolutely. The average, I mean, we can, you can do well at 35 to 40 with, yeah, our, with our resins. Like the reality is like, that will do just fine for most Yeah, scenarios. absolutely. I mean, you're yeah. only going three quarters of an inch thick right. to one inch of an inch thick. Yeah, it's, you know, you, you've got yeah, if plenty. Yeah, pen, pens, wine stoppers, uh, knife handles. Yes. I mean, you, like that, that amount of pressure is yeah. totally great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for the most part, if I do do um, something small, um, like the reindeer castings I do for my friend Alex, yeah. um, you know, that's two inches thick. I won't even go above 60. Right. Yeah. Right. There's, no, there's no reason for me to. Right. So it's not right. like... You know why waste the extra air, extra time? I just go to sixty, throw the valve, shut it off, and walk yep. away from it. Go. We're fine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. So this is something I do on every single one of the podcasts, and uh, we've kept you for most of the day. So yeah, it's been fun. We're getting close to wrapping up, but yeah. I, I let every guest ask me a question. By me, I mean it could be Illumilite or me personally, Kate and Vince. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the reason is because. We are pestering you with questions yeah. the entire day. Sure. So I think it's only fair that I let the tables turn a little bit yeah. just so that there's an opportunity. So um, you you get asked a zillion questions all the time oh, from wow. people that are in the community and everything like that. So I, I wanna let you have the chance to do the same, so. Wow, wow. And it, you can think about it while I, I'm gonna ask you one more. Yeah, yeah, and go I, for and, it. Uh, while you think about that, because I personally am super curious um, for you personally, what you what you love about this process so much, and uh, and and that has a lot more to, to do with you as a human, because like I, I'm sitting in front of all this incredible work that you've made, and I'm really blown away, and I'm like, he clearly loves this, but I'm yeah. I'm like, why does Keith Lackner love this stuff so much? <coughs> and like, it can't just be because like I love turning. Mm -hmm. and I was like, there's got to be something more than just yeah. I love turning to spend so much time and dedicate so much of your life to this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, why do you love it? Yeah, you know, the big thing is, is it's just, it's a way for me to express myself. You know, I could put, if I'm feeling, you know, like I could make something out there that honestly right now, nobody else can do. I, I really, I really believe that. I mean, some of these pieces and these forms and these shapes, you know, you go out there and you see people that, that cast and, and they sell blanks. They don't turn them. They can't turn them. They're not skilled enough to turn. Or if they do, they're, you know, the quality of a craftsman. Here, I could design a piece from top to bottom, all the way through, the colors that I want, watch a design that comes from my head, go all the way to completion. And then I'll box them up and I'll take them to an art show. And this happens and it just, it may, it just, it's a feeling I can't tell you. You have to experience it. You're sitting in your chair in your booth and a husband and wife come walking by and the husband is usually regretting the fact that he's there because the wife is walking through all the booths and everything. 
and uh, walks by and see her just stop. Her mouth gets big. She starts grabbing her husband and mm-hmm, pulling mm-hmm. into my booth mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just, wow. Yeah. That's all they say is, wow. I've never seen this. Oh my God, wow. Put that in a box, I'm taking it. Don't care. I had a woman walk into my booth and uh, God honest truth, she wanted to straight up trade her engagement ring That's for one wild. of my pieces. Yes, and her husband was right there and it's like, He's look, like, it's how not- How about we just buy it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not one of those. Well, the price tag that I had on it, they couldn't, you know, wow. obviously it's, cause when people, when people look at my pieces, you know, of course they say, that's great. Um, you know, how much, how much? And I tell them, and that's when you know when you're in the right show or not, because you tell people and they're like, oh my God, are you serious? And it's like, yeah, they're like, it's worth it. But no, you're, you're way over, overpriced here. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, like this guy right here, this is $1,400, this is $1,200, and that's $1,000 right there. Mm-hmm. Um, the big guy grasshopper, I have a $10,000 price tag on. It took you uh, two, years. two years to make. Two years, yes. So to see people that tell me that my work belongs in a museum is what just, it blows my mind. It's like, you know, off and on my whole life, I've gone to museums and I've respected art and looked at art and saw that the look that people have when they see something beautiful, I, I do the same thing. And now they see that in me and they see that in my work. That is what really just makes me keep going and going and going. Because there's times where, you know, it's, it's a hard life. Mm-hmm. It is. I work full time. If I didn't work full time, I probably would never be able to get as far as I could with this. Right. You know, there's times I- It's I'd, both end. You're not, just like, you're not just doing this for a living. No, it's not. Um, you know, I mean, I, I've rolled up in shows where literally we had enough money in, in, the, in the accounts to get a tank of gas on the way home. And if that doesn't tell you that you love it, right. you know, and you're there for the right reasons- you know, I don't do this as a hobby. I don't do this, you know, because I got nothing else to do with my day. I work almost 10 hour days, Monday through Friday. And every day I'm in the shop doing this and creating. And then every weekend I'm either teaching other people how to do this or I'm prepping for shows or mm-hmm. I'm, you know, doing mm-hmm. podcasts with you guys. Right. So, I mean, it's, it, it actually is, you know, I understand now why they call it a starving artist or, right. you know, it is. You're, you're, you're dedicated. It is. It, it really is. It's a dedication. It's a part of my life. And um, I really couldn't imagine the last five years without honestly resin casting because it really propelled me to places that I've been on the cover of magazines. I'm going to write a book. Mm -hmm. Um, I did a a video with Powermatic. Um, I get paid to travel all over the United States. You know, that would have never happened if I would have just worked my regular job day in and day out. You know, the fact that people... I can tell you right now, I was in uh, Portland, Oregon, and I was turning, and at AAW, everyone has badges, big badges. And if you're international, if you fly in from another country, it says international across the top of it. And I was turning, and uh, there was a guy that stood in front, and we got uh, safety shields in front of all of our ladies. They have to have them, just in case a catastrophic event happens. You know, we don't hurt anybody. And uh, he was standing there. And he was smiling ear to ear, grinning and just smiling. And um, you know what? I, I didn't know. I, I really didn't think too much of it. I was turning, you know, I just thought maybe he was happy to be here. And um, he had told me that he, one of the reasons he came was to meet me. 
That's wild. Yes, yes. Uh, I was on the cover of uh, Wood Turning Magazine, which is a UK, European magazine. Um, he read the whole article on me because uh, the first article was my light, my story of how I developed casting and how I became a caster and how I, you know, did all this and what inspired me to take that leap and everything. So the whole story was in there. And uh, he just talked to me over and over. That's so cool. Yeah. And I have another guy, uh, Russell. Um, I'm sure he's going to be watching this. Um, yeah, we talked off and on for about a year. And then uh, he met us in uh, Raleigh. That's awesome. Yeah, and he said he's going to come out to, uh, where are we at? Uh, Kentucky. In Kentucky. For yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, That's really so cool. it's really cool to be able to say that, you know, somebody wanted a picture with me. You know, it's like, it, it. it's weird to me. It really is. It's like, I'm not a, I'm not a celebrity. I'm not, you know, a basketball player, a football player, or anything like that. But somebody wanted a picture with me. They wanted my autograph. You know, this is like things that just, I, I still to this day can't wrap my head around that. Mm -hmm. right. why, why somebody really wanted to take five minutes out of their day just to come over and meet me. Because they love your work. Yeah, and it, it is. It's, it's great to be able to sit back. And I remember the first time it happened, I messaged uh, Jess. And I just said, you have no idea what happened. I just signed an autograph and they wanted a selfie with me. <laughs> it was the coolest thing. It was, I was in the elevator and it, and it all happened. It was weird. I thought I was going to get jumped and all they wanted was a picture with me. Right, right. It's like, you know. The inverse of what I thought was going to yes, happen. Yes, it was the exact opposite. It's like, look, it's, it's me. I'm a normal guy. Come hang out with me, you know, mm -hmm. come to the bar, you know. But it's like, yeah, it's like what I experienced with the first time I met David Marks and walked in. I mean, I was a nervous wreck. I was right. I was, it's my hand was shaking. Yeah. yeah, it was my hero. And, uh, you know, now there's people that do that. And I'll get uh, tagged on Facebook and Instagram that said, um, I turned this piece because I was inspired by Keith Lackner. That, that to me, just is what keeps me going. Winner. And just, yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah. It's like, okay, I got to, some going. days I don't feel like turning. Some days I don't feel like being in here. And then I'll see something like that. And it's like, okay, I need to, I need to get in there, you know, because it's just, I want to continue to inspire people to, to do this and do the next level. And, you know, because this, this is going to evolve. Oh, it's going to, totally. it's going to just like wood turning. And you know, every couple of years it evolves into something new. Yep. Somebody's out there doing something new, something really cool. You know, for a lot of years it was just bowls and vases and hollow forms. And then all of a sudden they're, you know, they're introducing paint and they're, they're carving it and they're burning into the wood. Mm -hmm. It's evolving. It's turning yep. into something yep. different. And I really truly believe that different kinds of hybrids, spheres, yes, like yes. Yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Somebody's going to hopefully take what I've done and I started in that seed that I planted, you know, and it might be next year. It might be five years from now. All of a sudden they're going to come out with something that I'm just going to look at and be like, that is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Good job guy. Yeah. And I hope he comes back yeah. and says, I, I was inspired by you. That's I, I, that's such a good answer. I don't even know what to say in response. Cause yeah. the reality is like, you love it. And that's yeah, I at do. the end of the day, like that's, that's what we want for like everybody. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the Illumilite exists to help people make what they want to make. Yeah. And that's not just like a saying, like it yeah. gen, it's a genuinely true thing. So when people are really, loving what they're doing and clearly loving the making process, which I got to witness you do many different stages of today. And yeah. I was like, one, he's good at this. He's mm -hmm. really good at this. Yeah. <laughs> and then two, you clearly love it. And I that's, do. And that's, and that's why I wanted to ask, because I was like, well, he clearly loves it. I'd like to know why. Yes. So I appreciate yeah. you being so candid and answering. Yeah, that. no, it's just, it, everything that it brings, 
with it. It's not just the one thing. It's it's everything that it brings with it. It's cool. you know seeing somebody who is not into wood turning, who's not into, but they walk by your booth and they see it and they're like, I I, I have to have that. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely gorgeous. You know. Yeah. 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 That's cool. That's cool. All right, now's your chance. You can ask me something. If you don't have anything, that's totally fine. We just met today. It's all good. Oh, or, man. or you can ask it on Put behalf on of a, or, you know, you can ask something about Illuminate, and I'll see if I can answer it. As long as it doesn't involve any, like, non-disclosure stuff, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, God, no. I just, you know, I just want to know. When I started this thing um, seven years ago, how have you guys seen it change at Illuminate? For your work? yeah. Are you seeing more, more okay. turners and more people? Yeah. I, That's so, good. Yeah. So for like, I'm pretty, I sit in a pretty fortunate spot and I've only been at this job for about seven months okay. now, I think. Mm -hmm. So I don't have the legacy that like Mike or Don yeah. would have and probably a different uh, perspective. Um, much like what I just said about, we want to help people make what they want to make. That philosophy is always ran true, but resin casting um, is definitely evolving into a lot of different arenas mm -hmm. um, from people making their own dice, from people making their own figurines. Like, yeah. I mean, like their own action figures. Oh, that's something cool. that we're starting yeah. to see. Yeah. People, I mean, cosplay is huge. Landscapes for tabletop games. I yes. mean, like the applications are all over yeah. the place. And well, the river tables blew up. Oh, yeah. I mean, and those I mean, are like, just insane. The river tables are huge. But like the... <laughs> The cool thing about our job is like it really is just like unlocking certain parts of people's imaginations. Yeah. And then we're like, hey, like this whole this world right here, this resin is only one side of yeah. what we do. Like we like this would be like maybe the hammer. Yeah. We have the nail when it comes to our mold making stuff as well. Right. So I mean, like, you know, just recently we did something with Chris Cunningham, who he was a wood like a traditional woodworker. Mm -hmm. He also made mallets and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but then he used the clear slow and made a, a clear resin mallet head for oh, cool. one of the wooden mallets. And I like, saw that video. So like for that, like yeah. that, we're like, hey, these are some things that we're like likely to see because like, yeah, like we woodworking has been around for centuries. So yep. like, how can we take these traditional disciplines and right. add another twist to it? And like, yep. how could we support people with our products in that way? And so for us, like, we are seeing like the curve kind of evolving when it comes yeah. to like, how can we take um, you know, like a, a wooden mallet head yeah. and how could you, could you make resin instead? Yeah. And that kind of stuff. So, yeah. and yeah, people yeah. have done like all clear mallets before Yeah, and that kind of thing with epoxy. Right. Um, but we're like, well, epoxy works different than our yeah. clear slows. It's a urethane resin. So, um, yeah, we've yeah. seen a lot of that, but the reality is like, you're the only one that's still pouring anything this big when it comes to the clear slow. Yep. I think you're the only one that has the gear. That, yeah. Like and the dedication to it on that level, and that's why we're we want. I mean, why we wanted to come down and talk to you is because like we didn't know that I, I didn't know that five gallons was even possible. Yeah. Um. So we're really excited because we we do have more products that are coming out that we hope can support those kind of pu boundary yeah. pushing stuff. But um, we're really glad that you figured out how to yeah get, heat it back up and then manipulate it. We're like, yeah. we haven't seen that yet. Yeah. So yes. uh, that we're excited for things like that because. Yeah. Um, like you, you're like, you want to be blown away by something. We are all constantly on the hunt for that because, yeah. um, well, we got two more things that are kind of on the back burner. 
Cool. Yeah, we've got uh, a clockmaker actually reached out to me in Indianapolis. Oh. Yeah, and he makes uh, grandfather style clocks. So that's cool. Yeah. So we're going to. Um, he wants a couple of lidded boxes from me, so I've casted actually the orange one right there that we had in the pressure pot earlier today. That's the first of his three that he's ordered from awesome. me. Awesome. Yeah. So we're gonna do three completely different colors, and then he wants me to potentially cast wood pieces that we're going to incorporate in his grandfather clocks. That's very cool. Yes. You yes. got to keep us posted on that because yes. that would be really cool to see and document and do the yes. whole thing. Cause that, that's like, yeah, I've definitely never seen that or heard yeah. of that before. Yeah. And then we've got, uh, I've seen a couple people make a couple of guitars. The guitars is cool. We have yep. seen that and we definitely, we don't, we haven't made a video about it yet. Yes. It's something that we'd like to do. We were slated to go to the UK for maker central, but yeah, travel right now is, very much up sure. in the air, so we don't know if we're going to make that happen because there's a few people that are doing that over there. Yeah, well, I'm going to be doing it here. Sweet. Yes, that's, yes. yes. That's it. And so I've you got might a, have to make another video. Like I might have to. to. Yeah. Well, I definitely will with this one because I've got so much interest in this one. But this one, I mean, I'm going all out on. I that's mean, this so cool. is going to be, <clears throat> I've already reached out to him and he's agreed to do it. Um, Larry Robinson. Really? Is going to do all the inlay work for me on this guitar. And Larry is just, I mean, in the top, in my opinion, in the top five wood artisans in the world. That's so cool. Is Larry Robinson. The guy does just inlay work like nobody. I mean, search him out. He he did he got the one millionth Martin guitar when it when they did it. He did that. He's got a couple other guitars that I've seen in person. I met the man uh twice. His work is just miles above everyone else that's doing inlay work out there. That's so awesome. he's agreed to do the inlay work for the fretboard and the and the top uh bridge. And um, I've got the uh, slabs are up there. You can see them. They're they're drying out now. Yeah, so I can yeah, see them. yep. So one good th that actually reminded me one thing about uh, the preparation of the the three golden rules that I have. Um, this is actually very important. Okay. A lot of people out there when they buy their burls, uh, they're soaking wet. Yep. They, they are. They come fresh from the tree. They're maybe a week or two old. They come to you. You put a moisture meter on there, 15, 20, 30 percent. Well, guess what you do with those you throw them on the shelf. You don't even attempt to do anything with them this year. Um, when I buy burls, and you guys see me on Facebook on the auction pages, um, those burls I'm buying, they're for next year. Right. They're not this year. You're planning ahead. Yes, absolutely, because you want to slowly draw that moisture out. You don't want to hurry up and speed up and bring the moisture out. That's going to cause internal cracking. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be failures, you know, that you're going to see in your work and something you're not going to want to see. Right. So I right. actually have my shop. It's kind of hard to see, but I have it divided into two, mm -hmm. two areas. We'll show. We got some, I got some footage of it earlier. We'll make yeah. show it. So all my burls that I bought this season are all up on the right side. And then next year when the season starts, January 1st, I'll come in and I'll take all of those burls and I'll move them to the other side and put them in the totes that I have marked and labeled, and then I'll start buying all new burls again, and I'm starting to store them up That's there. Awesome. Yeah, That's so that awesome. way I know that they've sat for a year. And um, I mean, I even got burls in my basement, I got burls, <laughs> I have burls, I have an issue. <laughs> I have a problem, I'm telling you Keith that Lackner right now. Keith Lackner is addicted to burls. I am, when we first toured the old shop down and uh, started for this one, I brought everything over to uh, Jess's dad's and stored everything in his, he's got a big pole barn. And it took me three trips with my Chevy Silverado just to the bed, just burls. 
You're kidding. Nope, that's serious. That's a lot of burls. That is a whole lot of burls. You got to do more castings. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a whole lot of burls. Cool. So, yeah, so I got the uh, Buckeye Burl uh, rusting and hanging out. They're going to be ready this year for me to start actually uh, aggressively uh, bringing the moisture level down. Cool. Yeah, and that's going to be a whole thing because I'm going to stabilize them too. Awesome. Yeah. Those are going to be huge stabilizations. Yes, they are. And yeah. they're also going to be casted so another custom pressure pot here we go yeah you gotta figure out a different pressure pot system yeah because the the thing that's going to be important to me is i want that high gloss glass look to it yeah that's gonna look sick on yes especially a piece of uh buckeye burl that's got all the black tones and the highly figured blondes so those slabs i have what color are you gonna do you know Um, you're gonna come up with a new one I'm I'm at a I'm at a little bit of a mix, you know. I mean, the my three main colors are all definite: the blue, the dragon fire, and then my solar flare red. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those are, are definitely gonna probably be it, you know. But yeah. I've got three slabs up there, so I got enough for three guitars. Yes, that's exciting. Yes, Sweet. yes, yes, yes. All right, Keith, I appreciate it. It's now okay. like six twelve. I'm sure that I have texts or missed calls from my wife at this point. Yes, no problem. Um, but I really appreciate taking the time to do this production with us. Excited to show. The yeah, it was a great day. Video. Thanks, guys. And then uh, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, man. Thanks. Cool. Yeah, thanks. All right.